My name's Liana Berry and you're listening to Art Muse Podcast, a podcast about the intersections between art, healing and creativity. Fourth Magazine is a redefined wellness magazine, a collection of articles and resources with intentionality to empower the reader with practical skills to build their wellness. Edited and created by Ella Kolomajet and published quarterly, Fourth blossoms from Ella's own mental health journey and her battle and strive for wellness following post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, inpatient and crisis care. It was a delight to interview Ella and hear how she has distilled her pain into fire for accessible wellness and mental health knowledge. We discuss all the ways discomfort accompanies us in creativity, small business, instigating change and impact. Hi Ella, welcome to ArtMuse Podcast. How are you today? Good, thank you so much. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here really I think an amazing concept so this is going to be really nice to chat I think. Yeah it's such a pleasure having you. I thought we could start our chat off actually by just you sharing a little bit more about your journey to creativity I guess and I think um, I don't know you particularly well apart from having written for your beautiful publication but I know obviously that putting together something and putting out into the world is such a creative process. So when I think of creativity, obviously that's the first thing that comes to mind for me is that the fact that you're editor-in-chief and the creator of Fourth Magazine. But obviously you can speak to that journey about your journey to creativity, but if there's other creative adventures that you get onto, um, I'd also love to hear about that. For sure. I've always been a fairly creative person. I was always interested in art and I wouldn't say I was always the best at art, but it was always something I used as an outlet. And specifically, I've had some lived experience with mental health and that was, and putting things out, not even in public, but just creating things myself that were art-based and expressing my feelings really helped with my recovery. So when I came up with the idea of fourth, it just made sense for me. It was a way of helping people and putting out everything on it, but also in a fluid way that moved with my well-being and how I was learning and recovering as well. Um, it's interesting though because sometimes I forget that it's such a creative thing because you get stuck in the work mode with creating a publication and that side of it, but it is so creative and bringing everyone together is like the most, I think, magical experience to bring all these different people together and um, make it look beautiful and feel beautiful. I absolutely love it. And it's definitely not something I always, like I never had, I never dreamed of going into publishing. So being able to hone in on my creative expression throughout publishing has been a bit of a journey in itself, learning how to express in a different way than mediums I've used in the past. And also bringing it into a setting where I'm running a business um, that is creative I think is really unique not many people get to do that so yeah I feel very blessed for sure yeah absolutely it's such an interesting creative process I think publication um because like you said there's there's like so many layers of it like it's obviously building something and piecing it together and like learning all those processes and then putting it out into the world and you know you're a 
curator in a lot of ways because you have to decide what goes in, what doesn't go in. But there's also this like really strong element of collaboration. Like you said, you know, you're actually working with such a broad range of other people and some of them are health professionals, some of them are creative visuals. And yeah, that's quite a like an undertaking to kind of immerse yourself in all the logistics of that and um, there's so much power in creative people collaborating together but it can be really hard work for sure even just like you have a vision of when you're creating something you have a vision of how it's going to look like in your head and when you're collaborating with so many different people sometimes they'll bring in ideas that you never even considered and that's really exciting but not being too rigid about how you have the vision is um really important so you can yeah move with it and eventually end up with something that is amazing because everyone's had some kind of creative input is really quite cool I think yeah yeah absolutely and like yeah like you said trying to be as open and flexible as possible but then also staying true to yourself and your own vision that you know you have a an idea of what what you want your product to be and Mm -hmm. how it fits into the landscape and and the world yeah I'd love to hear a little bit more about I guess the nitty-gritty a little bit more of your like of the process today I I did have a loose theme for us to sort of chat about discomfort because I think it's such a big part of art making and it's something that we all naturally resist a bit and it's a big part of the creative process and like I think the creative people that are able to engage with their creativity long term and really benefit from it are those that are able to kind of tolerate a reasonable level of discomfort and I think the discomfort comes from like so many places for so many reasons and so many elements of it but I thought you would be a good person to kind of chat a little bit about discomfort through a weave through our conversation Mm -hmm. just because Mm -hmm. obviously having been part of the first publication and you know obviously you're so open about your journey um like you said there is a your own experiences of mental health um, and trauma background that led you to create the publication. So there's obviously a huge amount of discomfort that comes from moving through that yourself personally. For um, sure. And then, yeah, I guess turning that energy and putting your energy into something creative is like, I imagine so liberating and so enriching to your life, but also can be so uncomfortable and then comes with that is like all of the logistics of creating like a publication is yes. so hard oh, um, and so uncomfortable yes. and I'm sure there's so many times you're like I just mm-hmm. don't know how to do that I mean even me creating a podcast I'm like yeah. Al was googling like how do I do this and it's an uncomfortable and vulnerable feeling being like okay am I am I able to do this like am I am I going to be qualified to do this so I think there's like just so many different levels to discomfort that come come with the journey and so yeah, yeah I, definitely. Like how did you go from having the idea to create creating forth to going, I'm actually going to do this? And like what were the sort of initial steps for you? Well, it's interesting because that discomfort has always been kind of a real roller coaster for me. And I've always been the kind of person that likes to put myself in those discomfort, those places of discomfort and turn it into something that, is an evolution of how I am and it's fulfilling my potential. So, and that's, I don't know why I'm like that, but I think because I've experienced certain levels of trauma, you kind of learn to work with it and see how you can turn it into something positive and how forth came about. I was, I spent quite a lot of time in and out of mental health, um, like crisis care and for a period of about three years. And I, never really understood how we could learn all these things in therapy 
in this space that I was so lucky to have, but not have these access to these therapy skills out just in the open. Like there were things that my friends could have benefited from, even if they weren't struggling with their mental health. I kind of started to get really frustrated, I think, towards the end. And that's that discomfort of like when you feel angry and frustrated of why, why does this not exist? Why can't I get better? And I definitely like was thinking of how I could channel that into something that was helpful as opposed to destructive for myself. And so that anger was, it drove me so much that once I kind of got to a place where I was stable and pretty much recovered, even though that's not really a permanent thing, I um, looked at all of the main points that I had developed frustration about and kind of talked to people and fine-tuned it and then had it literally just as an idea on paper and I applied for a passion project competition and I had 12 weeks to basically create the whole thing. So I think that that (laughs) made it pretty easy to just like go and do it. But I think the discomfort of sharing your idea with someone, especially when it's something so personal and vulnerable, that was so scary because I didn't know if it was a good idea. I didn't know if um, it was worth anything. And I'd had a lot of ideas before, but having the validation of someone saying that's really cool really turned that discomfort into, okay, I am so motivated to do this now. And I was very, I think I've had, I was very lucky that just like people like yourself, when I reached out to them at the very beginning, people were so supportive people were so willing to help in however they could which like I was nervous just asking people because I didn't know what I was doing I didn't really know I I was googling like how do you use you know how do you do graphic design how do you um, all of these things and I think the power of like being genuine about my story meant that people received it in such a positive way and then people just wanted to be a part of it so I think the whole growth of force has been in taking those risks, which is really cool. But I still get scared and I still sit in that discomfort often, like especially, you know, you would understand when you're running some kind of business by yourself and don't always have, you have all these ideas and you don't always have people around you saying yes or no, you know, I don't have a team of people as such. So definitely uncomfortable to share sometimes your creative ideas with the world, but definitely worth it I think mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that answered the question yeah it's been absolutely. a big journey for sure yeah oh and I'm so glad you've done it it's such Thank an you. absolute treasure and yeah so refreshing to see something that like you know is so much more cohesive I guess in I think that's what I've been frustrated with over the years as well like from my own experiences of ac- accessing healthcare mm-hmm. and support but also it's just from working in as an art therapist mm-hmm. in the wellness and health industries and I've worked in tertiary like hospital settings and then I've worked in community settings and it's just been that like there is so much diversity in how we approach healing and support but like you said that accessibility to it and that accessibility to it holistically is really Mm -hmm. lacking and in a way that empowers people to pick and choose what's going to work for them you know there is a place for prescriptive support obviously Mm -hmm. particularly in crisis situations or you know depending Mm -hmm. on on what you're battling but I think yeah we sort of do it 
this or model instead of this and model. Like, you know, instead of we're looking for the singular answer yes. instead of going, well, which parts can I piece together and try in different combinations until it works for me. So I think that's mm-hmm. one of the powerful things about fourth is that it is so diverse in who you have writing. The idea with fourth is that you can do so many different things. Why not try as many as you can and um, have a combination of all of them in a way that's accessible because obviously not everyone can just go and pay for all these services. So that was definitely the most healing thing for me is bringing in my values of natural health and, you know, I've got a bit of a different value set to what I was living when I was in hospital and doing that whilst also seeing my psychiatrist still and, yeah, I think it's like just trying to make it more realistic for people. Healing looks different for everyone. There's no black or white way of doing it. Yeah, and I think there's nuances of like the big pieces and the little pieces because a big piece for you at a certain point in time might be, you know, tertiary healthcare, like through psychiatrists and psychologists um, Mm -hmm. and medicine. And the little pieces might be your yoga practice or your cold swim at the beach or, you know, Mm -hmm. the way that you're eating. And then other times in our lives they might be the big pieces and the other things might shrink down to be a smaller piece in the kind of healing and well-being puzzle um and I think that yeah that's the lovely thing about the magazines it gives people a chance to get exposed to like all of these different pieces I I remember Mm. when I read first issue I was really surprised actually about what I took from it and it was forgotten I should have written down the lady that wrote it but it was about mindful eating things like chewing longer and I realized yes, after yeah. that that like, I eat so fast and it's like so I don't chew my food and even now I'll get I'll slip back into the habit so poorly but the other night I realized I was doing it and I was like okay no I'm gonna try and chew my food 10 times and like you know be <laughs> mindful about it and that was just yes. from reading that like one article wow. and so I think like sometimes particularly if we're Im- immersed in something all the time it would definitely be the same for you definitely same for I think most practitioners it becomes your normal it becomes something you're around all all the time and you're constantly kind of like pushing yourself how can I help people what can I do and sometimes you really forget just to pull it back and be and realize that it's like the little things it's often the little things just reading that one article so simple yeah yeah it's like sometimes it's like the tiniest things you do throughout your day and I definitely fall into that like when you're working in this industry like you feel like you just want to help everyone as much as possible and as you said sometimes the tiniest little habits that we have make the biggest change even I remember working with the physio in the first edition and he wrote about like how your posture affects your mood and I'd never even considered that and I was creating a magazine and I was like okay well I need to go and work on that myself so I learned things from the people that contribute as well and like such simple things but they make such a difference to your day and it is like a puzzle isn't it like all the little pieces and how they make you feel better it's just so interesting all the intricacies of it but yeah yeah absolutely it is a very complex process yeah and I think also just earlier in that discussion you were saying like you know the vulnerability of sharing thank you so much for sharing your story because it's not easy and obviously you know we do Mm. have to be careful about you know what sort of place we are in when we do share and whether we have the support you know if it doesn't go as hoped for but I think there is so much power in it and like you said I think it does build so much more connection between people Mm. because people feel so isolated and so alone and I think just you know seeing someone share their story authentically 
I know when I received like your email, I was just like, this is brilliant and this is so exciting. Like, and I can Aww. see that you have so much passion for what you're trying to do. And yeah, I think people really admire people that are willing to kind of wade through that discomfort. Um, but it must definitely at times like feel like you're, <laughs> you know, running and jumping off the deep end and yes. sort of like into that unknown definitely. of like, because we lose, we lose that control as soon as we kind of put something out there, like any creative puts themselves out there or their story out there or their product or their artwork is that that's the point that you stop having control over what happens next and all you can do obviously is look after yourself but sometimes we can Mm. get stuck on in that place of like do I or don't I you know and that's where people are in like social media all the time like deleting and retracting posts and things like that um but I think there is you know a lot of benefit from social media but um also doing things in the physical world is a little bit different because you can build that dialogue with people and that get that feedback. It's like it does feel like a void when you first put it out there, like oh, I'm just speaking into the darkness. But the, and as soon as voices start coming back to you and people start replying to your emails and connecting, I think that discomfort like lessens. For sure. And it's very interesting because I obviously it was so scary to put it all out there. And when you do something creative, I think you tie so closely to your identity. So it's kind of different to a lot of other businesses you're not just putting out a random product it's like it felt like I was putting myself out on a page and almost like I'm actually naturally quite introverted so that was really weird for me to like be so confident in my product my story part of it Um, and then you can do that online but the second people start to in person that was a whole different level of discomfort, like having to go do, like getting to go do speeches and everything and learning how to back myself and not tie my identity exactly with force as well um, was very strange because you become this kind of, I think anyone that works in mental health, like you get put on like this pedestal of being a role model of like peak well-being sometimes and it's, I think it was really important for me to keep the transparency that, I still deal with because that's what I couldn't find when I was struggling is resources that came from a place of someone that actually had um, lived kind of stuff I was living and been honest about it so yeah that's just this continual journey um that is like yeah mm. a really good point because I think like um we tend mm. to so- like socially and culturally we tend to put people in these expert kind of podium models and you know and Mm -hmm. it happens across like the health and kind of practitioner models as well like people don't expect their therapist to have difficulties you know like it's like you you end up um, having high expectations of yourself because you're like well I'm a therapist I shouldn't be struggling with this I know better I know all the things I should be doing and I imagine like it's be very much the same in a much more public setting because like you know you're not just you're not just working with yeah you know, like you're working in in so many exposed areas and like mm. you said doing presentations and meeting new people and like you know you know when you are part of like awards mm. or funding you're kind of in those circles and like yeah it can very much easily yeah. I imagine fall into this space where it's like oh this is my story and it's like this neat and tidy story that's finished with and then it goes like mm-hmm. the next step after the story was that you know I recovered and then I created um this amazing magazine when that's actually not the case at all like we um like you said we ebb and flow with our wellness but our journey is like our entire lives like we don't 
get to a place where that that door is like ever completely closed I mean and that's the hardest thing about Mm. I think healing recovery is is like coming to terms with that is that like it's not going to always be as heavy but it's not something that will ever disappear so I think it's so nice to hear you like kind of speak to that and share that it's um something that you always have to kind of be mindful of yes it's all just maintenance yeah yeah I think keeping that dialogue open and actually sharing that and articulating that rather than just like allowing people kind of Mm. to make this neat like journey with its like closed segments definitely and that was like a really big thing for me at the beginning is um stepping back from my one of my biggest values is being genuine and for a little while I kind of felt like I had to embody that perfect image of recovery but then it kind of clicked with me that actually showing people that I have moments where I struggle too is probably way more helpful <laughs> um so once I started to share a little bit about just like the day-to-day things I would do to manage but also in the moments where I was struggling taking a step back from forth people really responded well to that and then I felt a little bit more safe being honest and because you definitely as well just starting any project you get really invested in it and you definitely can get really burnt out so trying to actually do the things that I am encouraging other people to do and still prioritizing my healing and ongoing healing um, has been a skill for sure to master but yeah it's something I'm still learning how to do it would have been like so much energy and just getting that first publication out um and then I know when the second one came around that you certainly kind of like had that experience of like okay like what is actually sustainable Mm. about this process and like how is this working for me and my own needs outside of you know for Ella outside of the fourth editor you know like what do I need because I I remember you had a uh, like a a period I think it was just before the publication of the second one wasn't it where you're like I just need to step back a little bit and take a breath because I'm not in the greatest place um just to kind of pick back up with Mm. your own needs yeah definitely yeah it's kind of um I think as well just in being able to be creative as well is really hard sometimes when you're not doing well so um well personally that's how it is for me and I was going through some really serious things and didn't really account for them and then kept putting pressure on myself and I realized that it actually wasn't effective where I didn't take a step back because it just was like it was just going to end up with a product that wasn't as good as it could be because I wasn't in the best place I could be so that was actually a scary thing for me to do and it's never been a scary thing in the past for me to take time to go and get well again but it was the best thing I did honestly like it was so good and now I just need to do that on more of a regular basis in little lots so it's not like a, a built-up thing. But, yeah, I wanted to share it because I felt like a lot of people could relate to that but aren't taking that break that they need. Yeah, that incremental dosage. <laughs> it's the hardest thing. Like you, sometimes it's hard to even recognise yeah. you need it until it's kind so of hard. like the tipping point is already happening. Um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, being human, you go, okay, well, I'm going to build in this habit. So then it's in the same way we shower every night, I'm going to do things that are, support my mental health, but it's not as easy as that or not as clear cut. And it's really hard to build those habits. And I think 
often the first sign that we're not doing great is when those habits become harder and harder to keep and they kind of start to fall off and then Mm. that's usually like the early red flags but you just kind of dismiss it and think well no no it's just because I'm busy I've got all these deadlines like that's fine I'll just pick up this later I'll get more sleep later or I'll just do my yoga later or I'll chat to a friend later and then yeah it's like the snowball running down the hill (laughs) Yeah, and it's often the first things. It's really interesting how, like, the first things to slip when you get busy are all of the things that take care of yourself, um, which makes no sense because it's like those are the things that are keeping you going. But I definitely have to literally put it in my schedule as if it is a meeting now. Uh, but it's a lot of discipline, a lot of self discipline you have to practice to actually follow through, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that idea of self-care, I think that took me a a long time to realise, like, that it's, like, you know, bubble baths and massages are lovely, but self-care is, like, often the hard, boring stuff. I will avoid, I don't know, I go Mm. through weird phases where I'm like, oh, I'm, like, reluctant to clean my teeth twice a day, I'll just clean them in the evenings, and then I'll be like, yes, in the morning, I'm like, stop myself now, and you can choose not to clean your teeth, Liana, but if you clean your teeth, is that a self-care thing? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, so I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. Actually realising self-care is the things we don't want to do. For me, self-care is sometimes a little bit uncomfortable because working from home and um, often being alone, sometimes self-care was literally as simple as like getting dressed for the day, having a shower for the day, going outside today, rather than making it this big glamorous thing doing those little things that are just normal human functions um, made like such a big difference, just getting out of bed at a reasonable time, but they are uncomfortable things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And like trying to figure out how to feel the discomfort and step over that and do them anyway. So the other thing I heard you say, which I really connected with, which I don't um, actually hear people talk about very often at all and I've sort of been waiting for someone on the podcast to actually talk about it um, (laughs) rather than me just having to bring it up but is this concept that being creative in times of difficulty or like for want Mm -hmm. of a better word like um, when we're Mm -hmm. unwell I think everyone is Mm -hmm. so different but for me I'm very much the same as you like I struggle to be creative when I'm not doing great Mm -hmm. and that's like a bit I felt when I sort of realized that I felt like it's like goes against this kind of cultural narrative that our dark places are yes. our motivation for creativity. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so agree. And it's really interesting for me because often when I'm not feeling very creative, that in turn impacts me, my mental health even more because I'm not as happy when I'm not, being creative so it's kind of this like cyclical thing of like you're going through something and you don't have that those creative juices flowing and the energy to be creative but then also that makes you feel a bit worse so getting out of that cycle is I find really difficult so I kind of only way I've been able to learn how to become that and get that creative mind going again has been to do it in little ways rather than you know creating the next edition is a whole big concept but it might be as simple as going and doing something really small that's nothing to do with work that's creative. That's the only way I can slowly get back into it. And I, I find it so interesting how you're saying like a lot of um, our society is around that um, artistic expression is tied to our worst experiences. But for me, yes, it is, but not in that moment. It's often 
down the line when I've had the space to kind of look in hindsight and reflect because when I am struggling, I it takes energy. I don't know about you, but for creative expression, it takes energy for me um, and I have to have that energy in mind to be able to do it, depending on what it is, I guess, though, because I still do little things I think every day that not everyone who isn't as creatively inclined does. <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of a weird connection, the two things, and it's been interesting to look at my journey and when I was struggling the most, how I was um, separated from expression and how that kind of also healed me in ways like I've had certain I started doing pottery when I was really struggling. Someone prompted me to do it and that honestly had such a huge impact on my mental health and I still to this day um, do it. So, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's so in- mm. um, interesting. I think you'd be, like to explore different mediums as well because there's something about pottery that's yeah. so tactile and so like immersive mm. of the body. Mm. So it it's like... Yeah. yeah, like creativity, like the different ways, the different mediums and the different processes draw on our t- internal resourcing. Because like you said, if it's drawing on an mm-hmm. internal resource that you don't have, yeah, that you're really struggling with, then it's not going to be beneficial. But if it's less demanding on your internal resourcing and it's something that's just physically engaging and playful, and that's going to be different for everyone because some people will find that they overthink pottery and get really <laughs> frustrated and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triggered by it, um, or they don't like the tac- like you know, the tactile qualities of it. But for other people, that is like really soothing. They find mm. the texture really lovely, but also it's not demanding of them in a way that they don't have the energy for. My experience with post-traumatic stress disorder, pottery was one of the things that I could actually fully stop and concentrate on something because it is so tactile and. A lot of creative mediums I found, my mind would wander a lot and stress disorder symptoms would hit me more. Um, but pottery is one of those that I would, that one activity. Um, and I think there's a lot to be also said about mustering skills to overcome like low mood and practicing a skill like that made me feel good about myself. It made me feel productive in a way that wasn't taxing but also just allowed me to be completely in like a mindful space. So I think finding whatever activity it is that you can just fully focus on um, is a hard thing to do, but it makes such a big difference. So Yeah, it's such a physical form, isn't it? Like pottery, yeah, there is so much kind of physical feedback from it and sense of mastery because like you're creating something. Yeah, it's so, so nice to hear you have had that accompaniment to your journey. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what's next for you. Like, where are you at with Forth currently? Have you noticed that it's changed? Like, because it, it is a creative process, creating a magazine, and like you start off with your initial say publication. Because it's not a magazine, but it's like also not a magazine. I feel like it's more than that. It's like you start off with a vision, and then that vision can so easily change. Yeah, so I kind of have so many ideas with Forth, but the important thing for me in going forward is to be able to focus on one thing at a time I think (laughs) we've got the next edition coming out very soon kind of fine-tuned the magazine I don't really yeah as you said it's not really a magazine I call it a workbook now because I don't really know what to call it (laughs) but yeah continuing the magazine and we're hoping to launch some kind of 
resources and little products that are related to the articles in the magazine soon so that if people do really feel an inkling to try something, they have the paired resource to do it with the article. So that I think is going to be a really exciting project. I am about to graduate university. People don't realise I'm also studying. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. So been... I didn't know that. Share a little bit more oh, about so that. Boring. What are you studying? <laughs> um, I'm studying a Bachelor of Commerce in like finance and business. So my majors are entrepreneurial innovation and event management, which is so random for what I'm doing with fourth, but it actually has been really helpful like those business skills are something I definitely lacked. I'm very vision orientated and I can do all the creative things, but obviously you still need to run a business. And so, you know, reporting and tax and all of that stuff is like, has been really good to learn and have the credibility behind me that people will take me seriously, not only as an advocate, but also as a businesswoman. So um, once I graduate that, it will be really awesome to have, yes, I do fourth full time, but to have a little bit more space, time, energy to be able to fully immerse myself in it. I've got a few people that are kind of coming on board in a um, part-time kind of way, a photographer who is also studying publishing. So she's quite involved now as well. And um, I just basically want to create the most diverse range of resources and accessible things to give everyone a taste of everything that's for off to offer like because the wellness space is huge so yeah I don't, I don't know where we'll end up maybe even doing a few little in-person workshops maybe yeah it's a very exciting time thinking I'm going to graduate and have the ability to um, evolve even more. Congratulations on almost being finished that's huge that's yeah a lot a lot of work Definitely make sure you take some time to also just decompress. I think we, um, <laughs> having done two degrees myself, I think I always had this thing of like, oh, when I finished, I'm going to be like this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, it's going to be amazing. And then like all I wanted to do was like lie on the floor for two weeks afterwards. And I was like, I don't even want to go out, have some cocktails. And sometimes it like takes a little bit of, of and that's not everyone, obviously. That was just my experience, mm-hmm. but yeah, don't be alarmed if there's a, a weird phase where you kind of yeah, just decompress and regroup. <laughs> do you think you will? Do you have any big celebration plans? Um, oh, not really. I'll be honest, and it's a good point because you know I um I think that I would love to go and you know have a little bit of a time away somewhere without my phone. I think I'm not very good at the <laughs> resting part of life and taking a break. But, yeah, I definitely want to do a little short bit of travel maybe um, just because I definitely think I've – I'm only 22, so I'm still young, obviously. But, but yeah, a lot of my friends have done, like, all the travel and everything because I was in hospital for those kind of peak years of gap years and Kentucky and all of that. Also, just not really my thing, Kentucky. But um, nice thing about fourth is I can kind of – if I wanted to go live somewhere else for a bit, I could because I can just work from my laptop, so – yeah, we'll kind of see. I'm I'm trying to be more go with the flow about things and less structured and just be a bit more spontaneous, which is something I'm a bit I struggle a little bit with. So it's a exciting time, I think. Absolutely. And I think you've got such an mm. amazing foundation now. Don't be afraid to um take time out. 
Um, and it's lovely to hear that, like, you're building um, a little bit more yes. of a team, even if it is in yeah. a casual part-time sense. I mean, that has its challenges as well because you do have to, when you're the creative director as such, you do have to learn to let go of elements, you know, recognize that there's different mm-hmm. ways to get the same thing done, where, where and when to put in input when you're working with other people. But I think it can be so lonely when you're just the person that has to yeah. do everything. And that's what I think we were talking about earlier in the conversation that you have to be everything when you're a small business owner. And that is a bit that I find fatiguing is that you naturally have days where your, your self-doubt is really high you're lacking motivation, you don't have the skill set that you need for that particular mm. thing, whether it's accounting or advertising or going to some, to a meeting and you're not sure what mm-hmm. you're supposed to be asking. Yeah. You have to be everything all the time and it's just, just not humanly possible. And so that roller coaster can be really exhausting because one mm. week you're like, no, this is it for me. I'm going to wind this project down. I can't do this. And the next week you'll be like, oh, this is fantastic. Oh, like I love definitely. my life. And it's just like, <laughs> what is wrong with me? Like why am I so up and down? And then, But then you chat to other small business owners, oh, no, it's exactly the same because that's the human experience. We can't be consistently at the same level all the time. But when you're in a team, usually someone else can pick up the energy a bit. I feel like, yes, there is a level of, oh gosh, other people involved, this is my child. But that comes from being in a place of people don't realise I'm the one printing the shipping label and packing it. And I'm also the one doing the finance. And I'm also the one, you know, designing the website and the print itself. So you get so attached to every aspect of it. But it's also cool once you realise that Yes, I might have so many visions for it, but other people might have had things that I've never even considered and that's really cool. But I definitely am grappling with that control over it because you can't sustain it all for that long. And also like honing in, like working more on the things that are my strengths as opposed to doing everything that maybe some things I'm not very good at and, yeah, focusing on things I'm good at instead. Yeah, absolutely. I think you just said mapping out what are my strengths, but also what is uncomfortable, but I want to do it anyway. And what's uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I'm not great at it and someone else can do it. And that just takes a bit of figuring out because it's you're used to kind of having to deal with the discomfort and the difficulty all the time. So then it's hard to figure out, okay, what do I want to keep holding on to as my role and what am I willing to let go a little bit? And that's not to say that obviously there's always going to be things in any business that are so mundane. I'll do speeches at schools or whatever and the kids think it's this magic thing that I just get to do photo shoots all day long and um, it's, you know, like most of my day is emails. (laughs) But those moments where you have those really cool, exciting aspects of your week, they make everything else that's mundane and maybe a little bit dry. It's so worth it that I would do it all the time, especially when you get feedback from people about the magazine and it, the topic of mental health the feedback I get is often quite detailed so that all makes it just I would do this all the time feel very blessed yeah that must be a really nice experience when you do get that feedback and that real mm. personal really personal mm. feedback about people's journeys got three questions I like to ask all my guests before we finish up. And then before we go, I will get you to share about where people can find Forth because everyone listening to this now is going to be like, oh, I'm really keen to read it. And I I definitely advocate for reading it. question um, I love to ask people is like their go-to nurturing activity. I definitely would say pottery, but often pottery being so messy, (laughs) um, it's not always something that I can just like quickly go and do. In a day where I definitely am like, intentionally okay I need to 
take the afternoon off and do something nurturing. That is what I'll do is go. I have a little pottery studio in my garage and I'm getting a little Milo and sitting somewhere comfy outside and um, I do a little bit of crocheting or punch needling, anything that is just like using my hands for me. I'm very tactile and I think that's when I can't be distracted by other things and I'm immersed in something that's physical, punch needling, crocheting and pottery, that's when I feel the most like it fills up my cup. It's good to have like a few different things that you can use in different settings because obviously there's not a pottery studio everywhere you go as well that you can just like pop into. So yeah, probably I would say crocheting is my most recent nurturing activity. Lovely. Yeah, I think like you said, having a little toolbox of a couple of different activities that can be applied in multiple settings is a good approach. My next question was, do you find that you have a barrier to art making? Most of us have one that we like really struggle with. Um, Have you found any ways to try and overcome it? Um, I've always been, it's kind of hard to explain, but I've always been a little bit of a perfectionist and I've never been, I was never the person that was like the best at the art work we were doing or the medium we were using um and I've never like I've never been like the I fall into the trap of being self-critical but in a sense that if I don't know how to do something perfectly sometimes I find a barrier of not trying it so it's been really important for me to just do things not for the sake of being good at it and not for the sake of it being ending up perfect but just for like enjoying the present moment of actually like the process of doing it but now, yeah, I, I definitely have struggled with that and criticising something because of the outcome um, rather than, yeah, just being grateful for the period of time I spent doing that um, activity. So I think perfectionism can be a really difficult thing with your like self-esteem and um, like you doubt yourself a lot, but nothing in life is perfect. So trying to focus on the journey rather than the destination is something I'm trying to get better at. Yeah, yeah it's a tricky one, isn't it? No. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing. And the last one can be anything, but do you have a creative wish or a dream? It can be a little one. It can be a big one. Like it can just be for today. Mm-hmm. It could be something that you a long term. Yeah. One. This is um I have one because I have so many creative wishes and dreams. But <laughs> in the present, in the present That's moment, good to hear. Um, obviously I have so many things with fourth, but just in my personal space, I've been putting a lot of time into figuring out kind of who I am and getting to know my identity a little better at this age it's a little bit of a weird time of like you're just you're a young adult but you're out in the world and it's there's a lot going on and um lately I've been I've always had a dream to do like the van life thing and um feel really empowered as a woman to be able to do that and be self-sufficient on my own traveling lately I've been falling into that trap of feeling like I'm not capable of doing that on my own and not being able to be self-sufficient but lately I've been learning skills that I've never done before like using a drill doing a little bit of woodwork in my garage trying to master different skills so that once I get my van I can you know feel really empowered decking it out myself and say this is something I did as a woman on my own that's my kind of dream at the moment is to be able to craft something that I didn't rely on anyone else but myself. I'm a bit I'm a bit stubborn sometimes and I think like if someone tells me I can't do something, <laughs> it makes me want to go do it. On the weekend I spent like a whole morning just I have a little sausage dog building him little stairs for my bed as like something I'd never used any type of craft like that before. But yeah, that's kind of at the moment my dream is to be able to 
do that travel and craft a space for myself. Oh, that's so exciting. I think that's a wonderful dream and um, yes. definitely check back in with me and let me know how you're going mm-hmm. with it because I will be excited to hear. I think that you'll be so fruitful. I'm very excited to hear that that's your creative dream. Okay, let's let's finish up. Tell us where we can find Forth and find you. Um, so we are stocked in all of the cafe collectives, which is mostly in Perth. So there's, I think, Karen Up, Jindal Up, Whitford. If you go on their Instagram, it's got all of their addresses. We also sell all our magazines on our website, which is just forth-mind.com and our Instagram is forth underscore mind. That's the yeah easiest way to access it. Um, we have a couple Southwest stockists that are in the works right now. So as soon as that gets you know made official, I'll pop that straight on our Instagram that people can access it, Bustleton and a few different places as well. Lovely. How exciting. And people can order interstate and international. Everywhere interstate, we've got most cities international. Obviously, there's a few limits to that, but I always say if there's someone in some specific place that wants to order one, just flick me a message and I'll figure a way out of getting it too. So, yeah, most countries, I think, like we've got US, UK. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to Art Muse Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, then please like, share or follow on whichever listening app you use. If you want to keep up to date on social media, the best place to find us is on Instagram at artmuse underscore podcast.